Crone's getting a split. Mizzy in front of the 100. Crone goes up the inside and Crone takes the lead on the Kilmore. Crone draws clear now from Mizzy. It's a Queensland victory. Crone beat Mizzy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Mock Sports Presents, the Quaddy Potty. My name is Mitchell Cashman, and as always, joined by Nick Highland, who I'm sure is uh, feeling very sorry after the weekend. He was there in Melbourne. He saw his beloved Swans lose. How are you feeling after that, mate? Yeah, look, not not the best, but stuff happens, right? It is what it is. So. Oh, fair enough. We got asked, Matt Rivado. shout out to him. He asked to check on your well-being, so he... Had to make sure that you were okay. But the other thing we want to touch on from your weekend abroad in Melbourne was the trip down to Mooney Valley. How was it? Yeah, it was good. Just want to mention also, Chapelli is the worst horse to ever live. Um, that is Matt Rivera's horse. <laughs> uh, another one there. Um, but yeah, Mooney Valley was good track. Um, yeah, it's really well designed there. I, I do like it. You go underneath the, the track to drive in and then the car park's right in the middle of, of, the, of the course. Um, yeah, pretty cool. Um, pretty good to experience it, but um, I'd say I, I probably like Randwick a bit better overall. But um, yeah, it's good to experience some good tracks down in down in Victoria, that's for sure. Yeah, fair enough. I'm I'm definitely keen to get there eventually in the next few years, maybe even a Cox Plate. But you had a big winner on the night, Cool and Gatter. Talk us through the run. It was a brilliant one from Jamie Carr. Bullet out of the gate, rode it all the way. Ended up winning in a very tight fashion, but you were trackside, so talk us through it. Yeah, I was um, standing with my brother, um, and like all these blokes came up to us, like, "Oh, who you on?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm on, I'm on the gap." Um, and they all said, "Yeah, me too, me too." And then, yeah, came through and won in the end, which was um, was good to see. And then, yeah, rest of history. We were up on the tables, a couple of drinks in us, dancing, hugging each other. It was yeah. It was, Good fun. So it was, yeah, very happy. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, the Cool and Gatter tip was one of the only tips we got right on the week. You were dominant again. You had the two Cool and Gatter and quality time on the Saturday. I had another unfortunate nudie run because uh, the weatherman got it wrong again. We were back in swimmers and it ended up being a good four track. So we crashed back down to earth on the seven winners we had last, uh, not last week, the week before. But, uh, then we didn't even bounce back on Sunday because I'm Thunderstruck went down, didn't even place Alligator Blood getting up. What did you think of that? Yeah, um, after watching that run where it got nipped at the line by I'm Thunderstruck early in the prep, I knew it was going to be due for a, for a big win. So who knows if that's going to be its, its biggest win of the spring or if it's going to win another one. But yeah, quality horse wasn't, wasn't too surprised, I'd say. Like definitely didn't expect it, but... At the end of the day, I just shrugged my shoulders and said, that's racing. Um, horse is definitely good enough to get it done. So it is what it is. Yeah, it's proven at the longer distance now. That's why I kept it out of my numbers. I didn't think it was going to be able to do that long of a distance. Now it's in the box seat to be running an extra 200 metres in the Cox Plate, another race that everyone thought it was stupid to going to. But you think it's going to be able to stack up against the likes of the field it's just beaten, plus Animo when it comes into the field? Oh, I think it'll before we look at it. But, um, yeah, be a, be a decent um, futures bet if you have a look at it. I'm not too sure what it is. I can get it up quickly. Um, yeah, $7, maybe not. So, um, yeah. 
we'll see. Yeah, fair enough. The the Cox Plate is shaping up to be a fantastic race every single week with the new factors coming in, with horses running poorly, horses running well, new horses coming into the fray wanting to join the field. It's going to be very good. Another race that horses keep joining the field, the Everest. In the last few days alone, we've had Joyful Fortune, Overpass, Jackano, and now Shades of Rose all come in. Uh, two slots left to go with Godolphin to make his pick. And... Um, can't remember who the last one is who hasn't made their pick, but yeah, so we know that the All Blue is going to be there, either Paul Lely or N Secret. Then the last one could be anyone from Cool and Gadda, Fireburn maybe. Uh, a whole bunch of them could be lobbed up for the slot. What are your thoughts on the field so far, and who do you think get those final two slots? Um, Yeah, it's interesting. There's obviously some good horses in there that probably um, look too good for the rest, obviously. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it'll be interesting to see. I think it'll chop and change and be a bit of an argument over the next couple of weeks. But yeah, let's hopefully get a good race out of it. Yeah, gonna be fantastic. We're gonna be trackside, of course, right on the post. Hopefully, cheering Nature Strip home. You just have to think that he wins, right? Uh, I'd say so from here. Yeah, I think I reckon the rest of the horses are running for second. You'd be. Silly not to have Nature Strip for the win and then field in your coming second for those Quinellas. But I reckon Shades of Rose gives them a bit of a shake. I'm really impressed with it. We were heavy doubters early on in this podcast season and it proved us wrong every time. I think if it gets the right jockey, gets the right draw, she could really give the rest of the field a shake. But like I said, running for second. Um, And the only other futures race we need to touch on is we were asked by a follower. I'll just get his name up now because I'm forgetting it in the moment but we have been asked about the melbourne cup nick by one at yahoo serious he wants to know what our melbourne cup tips are at the moment they know it's a bit early and they could definitely change but who are we thinking for the melbourne cup at the current stage i'll let you go first um I'm thinking oh, it's it's pretty open, man. Like uh, you asked me this a couple of minutes ago, and to be honest, I didn't have a tip. Um, but there is a couple of horses I got my eye on that probably look alright. But it's more coming into it. Um, I think it's a bit of an open question right now, and there's no real answer, and there's no one I'm going to be very definitive on for for a time because I'll be chopping and changing. Um, Great House is one that I'll have a look at. Um, as well as probably Montefilia um, and Gold Trip as well will be those three. It will probably be three to look at. But um, I don't mind Great House if you really want to put a futures bet on. I feel like it's paying decent and got the it's got the good to get it done if it wants to. So let's have a look. Uh, yeah, I don't know. My tip's not set in stone yet. I think this weekend's probably going to be the biggest telling point to come for the next few weeks because you've got the Turnbull Stakes which is a key lead-in. You've also got the Bart Cummings, which is a key lead-in. So the Bart Cummings at the 2,500, the Turnbull at the 2,000-metre mark. A lot of uh, horses hoping to contend the Melbourne Cup in both those races, one of them being Dewis. That's the horse that I think uh, is on top for me currently, but only time will tell this weekend if it's able to get it done and get it done convincingly. Um, but, yeah, especially... Like you said, Gold Trip as well and Montefilia. They're both scheduled to run this weekend. So Gold Trip, Montefilia and Dewis are probably the top three Aussie-based horses for my mind. And we'll have to see how they run this week up to the stayers. 
um, distances for the first time this prep to really see how they're going to be going in about a month's time when the Melbourne Cup comes around, but do us for me currently. Um, anything else to touch on, mate, before we head into the tips? Uh, I'm easy, mate. No, nothing to add. All right, let's head there. Attention, punters, we have exciting news. We do, as most of you know, listen to our podcast every week and most of our followers, we're now on Dabble. Yes, mate. Dabble is an Aussie-owned bookie that is changing the game of gambling. That's right. Any bets that we mentioned in this podcast will be up on our Dabble account. All you have to do is press the button on our account. You can bets with no time wasted. Yes, that's right. We do the research for you. We build those multis. We put on those bets. And with a single press of that copy bet button, the bets go straight into your bet slip for you to put as much money on as you would like and win some money with us. That's right. That easy. Yes, join the 10,000 plus punters that are following at the Mock Sports on the Dabble app now and start winning with us this racing season. Uh, click the link in our notes or when signing up, use the code the Mock Sports that we sent you. Yes. All right, Nick, massive day at Randwick on Saturday. Three Group 1s in a 10-race program. Eight out of those 10 races contested at group or listed conditions. We might potentially be trackside. I definitely will be. Yours is weather-dependent to see if your cricket gets washed out. But a uh, very big weekend ahead. The weather, pretty average in Sydney. The last few days, scattered thunderstorms. They're supposed to continue all the way to Saturday. A massive one was supposed to come today. It hasn't yet. So... The track is currently soft seven, but if the weatherman gets it wrong like he has done in the past many times, including last week, um, it could end up drying out. But according to the forecast, we should be racing on at least soft seven, being the minimum, I would say, potential to get up into the heavy range if the rain does indeed come. Um, the rail is also meters for the entire circuit, so... I would suggest that leaders shouldn't have too much of a bias, but if it ends up being a bit of a bog, the leaders could have a day out, but I am hoping that it plays pretty fair. Uh, we head into the first race at the 1,000 metre mark. I'm going to go pretty heavy on these first two races, if you don't mind, Nick, because they're the two-year-old races. I'm actually, call me crazy, more excited for these probably than the Group 1s because I'm determined to find the Golden Slipper winner months out. I really want to get a nice futures bet on the Golden Slipper this year and get it up. i Really invested in the two-year-olds this year, so I'm hoping to find my first two winners of the season here. So this is the boys, the Breeders' Plate in race one. Uh, the speed probably comes from Flying Trapeze, Physical Graffiti, and Tarabo. They were all on trial. Um, any of those leaders could potentially go the whole way and get the job done. They showed plenty of pace on that trial day. Uh, I'm thinking Snatch Riley at $16. Very, very cheeky each way play there. Potential. Big, strong grey horse. Looks like he's ready to go and ready to head to the races. Challenged Osmosis all the way down the straight. And Osmosis is the two-year-old that I think is the biggest watch of these early races. It's not racing today. Will potentially come out later in the spring. If not, he'll be first up in autumn. So I think that form will be all right for Snatch Riley. And at that price, I could respect a bet. Muck 10, super gutsy in its trial, led the whole way, then was overtaken in the final 200 and then kicked back again for a win, getting a second wind. So I wrote that down. 
Very impressive. Thought it was a horse, though, that was probably more of a progressive type. Might come into play a bit more in autumn, but happy to be proven wrong. Um, but I'm going to be with Empire of Japan. In the yard on trial day, paraded like a horse that was well-developed for a two-year-old and appeared to be one of those ones that are really strong in their two-year-old season before peaking and then failing to go on with it, a la stay inside, a la the last 10 for, um, Golden Slipper winners. So he then went out and ran like a two, was super developed, got wide for clear running, ran home super, made up seven lengths in the whole trial to come a narrow second. Not many horses on that day made up ground, but this horse did and then some. So I think if he's in the strike zone come the final stages, J-Mac should get him over the top of them. $4.60 for Empire of Japan is my tip in the breeder's plate. Nick, what are your thoughts? Well, mate, uh, it's pretty good from you. Um, can't say I've got too much analysis on the first two, so I'll pr- keep it pretty simple. Um, yeah, I'll be I'll be staying away. That's for sure. Um, I don't see. Yeah, it's been like the same. It's been with me is how we both used to look at these two year old races is a bit unpredictable unless you know exactly what you're doing, and um, unfortunately I couldn't get down to those trials, and I've already kind of missed the. Missed the boat for this first one. I'm not saying that I can't get on it after watching these probably two races and watching how they run, but um, yeah, my analysis won't be as, as far-fetched as you've got there. Um, but I'm going to go with match 10 here with Tommy Berry, $6 on the on the nose. Um, won its first trial by 0.4 lengths. Went and watched that trial. Looks pretty good. Um, not much you can really get out of the two-year-olds. Um but yeah, we'll get we'll give it a go on the first. So do you want to take us to the second, mate? Yeah, fair enough. You make a great point about these races, Nick. They're always really unpredictable. We've said plenty of times in the podcast that the two-year-olds and the three-year-olds, they seem to always be dartboards in those first couple of years before they really develop and get into their racing. But I respect the bet on match 10. Like I said, um, you watched the replay. I was there at the track. Very impressive with its kickback there. So... I'm very happy that we've covered two of the uh, better two-year-old boys in that race. Uh, unlike usual, like you said, I'll be taking race two because it's the girls' turn, the gym rack stakes. Uh, last year, this was when Cool and Gatta came out and pissed it in. But I don't think there's going to be a comp- Cool and Gatta this year. None of the horses at the trials really broke the clocks. And I think they're all going to play pretty even. Um, but Waterhouse and Bot, they won almost every girls' trial on the day. And they did so with Perfect Proposal, Platinum Jubilee, and Sicilian. Uh, they're all ones that will they will probably go to the front, I would think. But they're all drawn out wide, so they're going to be crossing really early. And hopefully they don't get uh, blocked off from that wide barrier. But if they make sure to find the rail, they could definitely lead the whole way and be the trifecta. They're all equally impressive uh, two-year-old fillies. They all look super, super smart on trial day. But um, I must say the mo- biggest value in the race would be just Gisela at the $15 mark with Pike on board. She seems to have a very quick turn of foot, displayed that on trial day uh, to nab them late. Like I said, not many horses made up ground. This horse did, but I think from the 15th barrier, she'll probably get too far back. Would love to see her win, but if it ends up being a bog and horses aren't really making up ground, she might have to be put a pen through it. But if there are horses making up ground on the day, she could potentially cause some havoc at those odds. But I'm going to have to be with Perfect Proposal here. I know pretty obvious choice being the favourite, and it was the fastest horse home on the day of those trials, was the fastest horse of the day. However, I just think she presented so strong, could be a player early on in this two-year-old prep. 
looked super smart, smashed them with a lot left in the tank in the final stages. A lot of the races on trial day was lead, kick, win, and some of a lot of them got asked for more in the the last hundred meters. Had a couple whips stuck into them, whereas Perfect Proposal was able to just jog to the line and still smash her field. So. $3.20 is short for this sort of race, especially when they're all pretty even. But I do think she drifts come race day, uh, and I think she's the one to have. Plus, the Waterhouse and Bot Trifecta I'll definitely have a play on, but Perfect Proposal is my tip in the gym crack. Yeah, nice, mate. I'm going to go with Platinum Jubilee here. Um, $8.50 and $2.60 for a place. Um, not much in it. One its trial as well by 1.3 lengths, but um, yeah, we'll give it. Give it a right, right on crack. So, do you want to take us to the third as well, mate? Yes, I will, mate. I'm happy you went Platinum Jubilee there because it was actually rated my second filly of the uh, the bunch behind um, Perfect Proposal. So, I reckon we've found some good form. Hopefully, we move on to the third. I'll be straight to the point for the rest of my ones, punters, after the mouthful that were the two-year-old races. 1,600 metres mark here, looking to be on Hosier. Booking of Dylan Gibbons here, gets the weight down, flies fresh, loves the wet, will put in a great effort from the front. I reckon $7.50 to win, $2.50 to place each way on Hosier in the third for me. Yeah, nice, mate. Um, I like the favourite here. Mahogany was on at last start, um, won pretty convincingly, um, and looks too good again. That Waterford form that we've been going off, uh, one uh, second of Waterford two weeks ago, sorry, but um, yeah, I reckon it'll be too strong here again. Another one that I'd probably have a look at. You could probably look at Colino, Casino Kid. There's a lot in there. Hosier, like you said, I'd probably have a look at. But yeah, Mahogany looks probably too strong in my opinion. Um, let's go to the fourth. It's a it's a pretty good field, this one. The 2,000 metres um, General Hill Stakes here. Um, our favourites, Montefilia, who I did just say is a, probably a good chance for, for the Melbourne Cup. So keep an eye on this horse. But you've also got Skating, who's a pretty ripper of a horse as well. Um, not to mention Yonkers, who always always comes in at the the same price as paying and always runs really well. So um, yeah, keep an eye on that. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I'm gonna probably have an each way play on Yonkers here, but um, my main tip for this race is gonna be Cascadian. Um, really like this horse, three dollars seventy. It's probably what it needs for the prep to get into get into some stride, come into the group ones that it probably wants to get into. So Cascadian for me, mate. Yeah, lovely. Um, look, I know it's very, very short, dollar eighty-five mark. I don't usually go for horses um, that short, but I don't think it starts dollar eighty-five. I do think that it'll get out to even money on the day. If it does, I'll be having a bet. But if it stays below the two dollars, I won't be betting on it. But I'll still be tipping Montefilia. Um, just seems to be the best horse in the race, and sometimes that's all you need. You need to be the class horse. Uh, ran very nicely behind Animo last start. Will relish the jump to two thousand meters. Uh, a distance that it beat very elegant at in the autumn. So happy to have it here, but I'll only be putting my money personally on it if it gets over the $2 mark on the day. We move to race five, 1600 meter mark. I really do like Flag of Honor here, punters, up to the mile, especially as he is one of the uh, three-year-olds that look to be in for a career in the staying races. So It'll be nice to see him finally stretch his legs out after having to deal with the, the 1200s and the 1400s that these young horses have to do until they mature. Uh, was pretty good late behind Golden Mile last start. That horse went on to come fourth in the Golden Rose. Also last start, he beat Home Zoo Tiger, which horse 
which was the horse that came third in the Golden Rose. So I think that form reads really good on paper. I'm happy to be having a play here at Flag of Honor, $4.40 for the win in the fifth. Yeah, I'm going to go with Conqueror here. Um, for giving its last start, probably peaking for this one. Um, finished behind Golden Mile, who ran really well. But um, yeah, $8 and $2.50 for a place is pretty good for me. Um, Conqueror with Pikey on board in the fifth. Um, I believe we skipped the sixth, seventh, uh, yes. and eighth, no, correct? No, we skipped sixth, we grabbed the seventh, and then eighth and ninth tip-off. Massive tip-off this week, but uh, the seventh is where we go to. Um, 1,200-meter mark, the seventh. It's a Everest leading race. Very, very interesting to see here. Got a couple of... um. The already Everest uh, slot holders plus Overpass, who's in it now. And basically, the ones who don't have a, a slot already are going to be racing for that final couple of slots. Uh, they're going to be chomping at the bit here, so I think it's going to be a real interesting race. Um, it's Me is a definite interesting one, because since Nature Strip's not running here, J-Mac was free to ride whoever he wanted, and he picked It's Me, which is huge for the horse. Like We'd love to see it get up. We're big fans of that horse. We think it's probably going to win the Kosciuszko, but... Apparently, if it wins this race, an uh, Everest slot could come calling and it might end up in the Everest and not the Kosciuszko. That would be very, very interesting. That would be almost Shelby 66-like in its rise to fame. But um, I'll respect a bet each way on It's Me, but I'm going to have to be with Marzu. $4.80 mark seems right for this horse. Wasn't horrible in the shorts. Will absolutely love the wet conditions if he gets it. Think he runs a big race here. Stamps himself as a serious Everest contender. So, yeah, Mazu for me in the seventh. I'm going to go with Mars Crusader. Um, I don't know if this is betting with my head or my heart. But, um, yeah, I, I just hope this. If, I think it's just a hope that if he wins, it's going to be an amazing race. I've said it times, his last Everest run last year. Um, something good's going to happen with us. Oh, fair enough. So you're on Mars Crusader. I'm on Mars Zoo in the 7th. We go all the way to the 10th because the tip-off takes 8th and ninth. So take us there, Nico. Mark 94 to, to finish up. Um, I'm going to keep it pretty simple. Yeah. Fair enough. Just repeat that to me. It didn't come through on my end. I'm sure the punters heard it, though. Uh, Mark. Remark, ah, oh, yeah, not surprised there because uh, it got the win for you last time. I almost rent Remark, but I'll probably kick myself because it's probably going to get up now. But I thought since it's the last of the day, going to go for some value in Rustic Steel. Class horse for the race, hence why it carries the most weight. But Dylan Gibbons on board, of course, gets the weight off the back with that claim. Should jump, sit on his heels, run past him in the straight, especially if it's wet because this horse absolutely swims. Has form behind Taksu, who I think would give this field a bit of a shake-up if it were in it. Uh, so I'll happily take a stab at the $11 to win, $3.30 to place odds on Rustic Steel and maybe even a Quinella with Remark to finish off the Randwick card. Um, after that, of course, we head into our little shout-out to our friends at the Multi-Hub. Um, the Multi-Hub app out on the App Store and the Google Play Store. Uh, it's the ultimate punter's cheat sheet. All you need for the weekend, multis there with your stats. 
for the AFL, NRL, APL and more. Of course, the NRL Grand Final coming up. You're the NRL man of the two of us, Nick. So you've had a look at the stats and you've come back with some try scorer picks. Who do you think's the first try scorer and your best bet anytime try scorer? Yeah, my um, my best bet will probably be for a first try scorer. Um, I, I like Stephen Crichton. Sorry, Stephen Crichton for first try scorer here. I feel like it's paying a right. Not too sure what it's paying on the nose, but um, we'll have a look there. But um, my best bet will have to be Toto to go over for Penrith. Penrith looked just way too good in my opinion. Um, and the world will end if Parramatta win. So yeah, we'll see how we go. But um, yeah, Penrith looked too good. So a bit of money will be on there for me. Yeah, fair enough, mate. I definitely don't want to see what the world looks like if Parra gets up. I've got a lot of friends that will... I'll never hear the end of it. I definitely don't want to hear the likes of Baden and Harry going off in the chat if they're able to get up. 100%, mate. So. Oh, well, move on from NRL back to the horses where we're most comfortable. We've got tip-off demanding lead over me after the last couple of weeks, um, but hopefully I'm able to catch up. Um, we'll go to the Turnbull Stakes first uh, in Melbourne, race seven at Flemington to kick off a massive four races in the tip-off this week. And uh, big race this one, like I said earlier in the intro, it's a key lead into the Melbourne Cup. A lot of horses that'll probably be headed there, Knight's Order, Dewis, Numerian, if it uh, races in Melbourne, could be racing in Sydney as well, that one. Profondo, Great House, Smoke and Romans, Milford, Inspirational Girl, Chapada, Allegron, Verta, Pegasus, Luncies, Maximal and Surefire rounds out the field. Uh, He's a shocker is an emergency if it gets in, but uh, not sure if it will. But yeah, Surefire has been confirmed to go to Melbourne, was maybe going to be in the Metropolitan, but it's confirmed to be a Turnbull Stakes runner and going to have more to say about that horse in a minute. But Nick, just want to get your thoughts on the Turnbull Stakes first. Yeah, it's a good-looking race here. Um, Three of my tips, obviously, that I mentioned at the start of the um, the for the cup, Melbourne Cup, that is, um, in this race. So, yeah, it'll be be a pretty good one to watch, in my opinion. Um, yeah, it's it's a bit tough for me. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably go gonna go with value here. Gonna go great house for me. Twenty three dollars from six dollars for a place. Gonna go with it. Um, it's my tip. So give it a go. So gonna see how it goes. How about you, Matt? Who you got? Jeez, it's pretty big, especially if it gets up at $23 to win, $6 to place. Great house, a lot of value. You'd certainly be shooting up the uh, tip-off leaderboard there and you'd look pretty alpha getting that big of a horse up in a group one. But, I mean, it's hard. You Like I said earlier in the Melbourne Cup talk, Dewis and Gold Trip, they're big chances here and they're the ones to be looking at for the Melbourne Cup if they run well here. I don't think I'm going to be on them. I think it's a real open race, and I think there's a lot of money to be made here. They're too short for my mind. Um, Profondo's one that I'd respect to bet on. I was going to be on it until Surefire was scratched from Sydney. Because um, Profondo and Surefire, two horses that come up from Sydney, go down from Sydney, looking for a dry track. Because they're dry trackers through and through. They haven't been getting that in Sydney, so they come here instead. I think they're going to both be really big players here, especially Surefire, which will be my tip. Um, Many listeners to the podcast will know that that it can get it done on the good track. 
uh, absolutely brain them on a, the last time it was on a drier deck here. Blake Shin goes aboard from the 11th barrel. I think Shin gets clear in the run to the line and absolutely runs over the top of them. $15 to win, $4.20 to place each way. I think Surefire is a great bet to have at those odds, especially now that it's confirmed. I think it only gets shorter on the day. So if you're listening now, I reckon take that price. I reckon it comes in on the day. Very nice, mate. Um, do we go to race number six over at Ramwick now? Yes, the flight stakes for the three-year-olds up to the mile. Stacked field, uh, but, you know, the, the top three are the ones that the market's looking at, and I think every form analyst is going to be looking at. Fireburn, She's Extreme, Zugotcha, they're the main ones in the market. Are you looking elsewhere, or have you got one of the three? Yeah, I've got one of the three. Um, in my opinion, not too sure why. Fireburn starts as the favourite. I do see why it'd be in the top three, but I don't see why. I think it should be up at the $5 mark and She's Extreme should be up at the $8 mark, in my opinion. Um, I don't think $2.45 is a good price as a betting point of view. can get up, but I don't think it's deserved favourite this prep. Two-fifth place just haven't hasn't really proved itself since, yeah, I guess. But um, I'm going to go with Zoo Gotcha here. Bit more of a safer one for me. Um, two wins on the trot's gonna make it three. Once J Mac rides this over the line, so yeah, Zoo got you for me. Very nice. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Fireburn. A lot of people are saying that it's gonna win. They some I've seen some people call it a moral. I don't think it's a moral. Could definitely win. Uh, Long term, listen to this podcast. Know that I'm not the biggest fan of Fireburn. <laughs> it definitely comes into this one excellently placed, getting some weight off the back and uh, week back up gets onto a track that should be wet for it, likes the wet, and it definitely likes that step up to the mile. But all the same things could be said about Cheese Extreme, and Cheese Extreme comes up on the market at an extra $4. So from a betting perspective, yeah, while Fireburn might be on paper the best horse in the race, a better bet will be Cheese Extreme, I think. Tommy Berry said after the last race, um, not to not to take her out. It was just held up a bit, got bumped as well in the start, really didn't really get into a rhythm, but gets the extra 200 metres now. Also, 1,600 metres was the mark where she was able to beat Fireburn home in the autumn. Fireburn's only loss for the autumn came there. So I reckon she's extreme. She's done the trip. She's done the track. She's done the conditions. $6.50 to win, $1.80 to place. If that place gets over $2, it's probably the best each-way bet of the day, I reckon. I think it'll definitely be in the finish. Very nice. Uh, we move to race nine. We'll save the Epsom for last as it's the biggest race of the day. Race nine, the Metropolitan. you got Stockman, Ledon DeVee, Cucaracha, Arapaho, Mankayan, No Compromise, your favourites, Durston, Sacramento, Roma Flowers, Grove Ferry, Cariff, Chalkstreet, and Hammerin rounds out the field. Nick, it's pretty stacked for this day's race over the 2,400 metres. No sure fire now, which uh, means I had to recalibrate my tip. Who are you looking at? I'm um, going Man Canyon for this one. Um, backed it a couple of times down in Melbourne when it runs. Uh, good horse, pretty consistent. Um, seen it for a long time. Um, yeah, so let's let's have a look here. Um, Fourteen dollars for the win, three dollars ninety for a place. Probably have a bet on it as well. Um, so yeah, Man Canyon for me in the Metropolitan. Fair enough, mate. Uh, it's a it's it's a hard one to pick. Durston's absolutely flying but it's never seen heavy track. So if it gets out to heavy, that might be the query for it. Also, it doesn't have J-Mac this time. J-Mac goes on to Ledon de V, which was a very interesting move. Um, so that horse immediately comes into play purely because it swims 
and it gets J-Mac. $6, though, I'm not sure about that price. I would have probably marked it around $8, $8.50, but I'd respect to bet on it. Um, no compromises also won. Tommy Berry, Chris Waller uh, gets down in the weights. Will probably absolutely fly in this race. Uh, it's going to be strong late. $10 to win, $3, 10 to place. Would respect the each way bet on it. Grove Ferry will have to be the one that they run down, just like last week. Chalkstream is the omen of the race if you're into that. The Queen's horse, of course, now the King's horse. I'd love to see it get up, but with the booking of Kathy O'Hara on, I'm not sure it has the chops to get up in this level of race, but is a lightweight hope. We'll probably storm home late, but Stockman for me. Uh, just been crying out for this sort of distance. Loves the wet tracks. Got up to the 2,000 metre mark last start and wasn't too bad behind Allegron, but it was only the soft track. It was supposed to be heavy that day. Only got to the soft if it does indeed get to a sloppy, heavy track, I think it's the bet in the race. $7.50 to win, $2.60. I think uh, Stockman swims home if that rain is to come down. Very nice. All right, mate. The main event of the day, the Epsom Handicap. Uh, used to be the biggest race of the Sydney Spring before the Everest and Golden Eagle came around. Uh, and that's why a few traditionalists are pretty uh, disappointed at the field this year. We've only had... 12 horses come, and I think it's down to 11 now with scratchings. Might end up 10 or below if their scratchings continue, but stacked field, top-ranked Converge, Ellsberg, Nimalee, Iceberg, the favourite, Fangirl, Kiku, Hinged, Crosstalk, Pippoli, and War Eternal. Uh, the market's really loving uh, Ice Bath and Hinged. Have you gone there, or are you looking at one of the others? Nah, going with Hinged here. Um, third up here, probably looking even better. Um behind Animo and Ice Bath last start. Um, but yeah, hinge for me, $4.20. Don't need to say too much about it. I've said it enough about it. Um, but yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I'll, gee, I'd love to see Ellsberg get up, uh, if, especially the fact that I'm not on it at $26 to win and $5 to place. It's a horse that we've been on just about every start. And for the first time I'm jumping off, I don't think it's going to have the chops to be able to go with this level of field up to a mile. But does love the track, does love the uh, the wet conditions, so maybe it does run a cheeky race. I'd have it in your exotics, but not to win because I'm on ice bath. Been with it through the highs and lows and uh, cannot not be on it now that it's primed to get uh, potentially its first group one win. J-Mac jumps on board, which is the ultimate gear change. That just shows how confident that um, the camp is in its chances. Last two starts has stormed home behind Zaki and Animo. It's probably the best middle distance form you can get in the country at this current stage. Yes, it's a little sort at $3.90. I think, though, that it probably drifts amongst above the $4 mark at some point on the day. Um, but, yeah, plus, she's a swimmer. We all know that Ice Bath is the Very swimmer nice. of the race. So, Ice Bath for me in the Epsom. Yeah, that'll play. So, Nick, of course, we got to deal with the rounds. Have you found anything? Um, all right, I have actually. Um, do you want to get yours first while I just get mine up? For... Yes, I actually don't have a lot this week. I do have one though for Mooney Valley on Friday night. Bubble Palace ran like absolute shit first up, uh, but that was down the Flemington Strait. Think she's a horse that prefers to go around a bend and she drops back in class a long way here. So I think with that extra fitness. And back around the bend, the $3.80 mark for Bubble Palace is one that I want to have a play on. And then on Saturday, 
A at Flex A at The Astrologist and Swats That, long-term black bookers of mine. If you're a long-term listener of the podcast, you know that. They just love the Flemington straight. I think they'll be both very competitive. They're both at each way odds, so happy to have a play on both of them and have them in a Quinella. Nick, uh, have you found yours? Yeah, so tomorrow night, Savannah Cloud. I think it's race four, I believe. I could be wrong. Um, race two, sorry. Race two is paying $3.80 for a win. And then on Saturday, over at Flemington as well. Um, race number eight, you've got Private Eye, um, $9.50 $3.10. If it doesn't run in Sydney, um, that'll be my tip. So that's that's all from me, mate. Um, let's get into Fair the quaddy. We head to the quaddy. Um, can you read out all of it? Because mine isn't up at the moment. Um, just give it to, to the punters. Uh, no worries, mate. In the first leg, we've gone a bit heavy on Marzu. It's me, Private Eye. Mass Crusader and Lost and Running, we're making sure to cover all bases in that sprint. The Epsom, we've gone Ice Bath, Hinged, Top Ranked, and Nimalee. Uh, for the Metropolitan, we've gone My Tip, Stockman, uh, Nick's Tip, uh, Great House. No, sorry. Typo there. We've gone My Tip, Stockman, Nick's Tip, Mankayan, then Durston, the favourite, and then um, Grove Ferry as well. And we've also thrown in Arapaheo. Uh In the last race, we've gone pretty light to make up for it. We've got Rustic Steel, Bacchanalia, and Remark in the last leg there. So $50 will get you 15%, though, if I've done my math correctly. I'm not the best mathematician. Could have gotten that wrong. But currently, we believe $50 gets you 15%. And uh, with the scratchings that are probably going to come in, we're going to put up a revised version like we always do if it gets decimated with scratchings. But that's the way that it stands currently. Uh, anything to say, Nick, before we head off? Um, nothing from me, guys. Um, take it easy um, and go Penrith. <laughs> Fair enough. Thanks for listening, guys. Actually, you're not going to be here next week. You're, you'll be subbing in. Uh, substitute, you're off on a bit of a golf trip. Yeah, mate. Um, bit of fun with the boys, but yeah, should be good. Yes, we'll be subbing in Nick Hyland next week, guys, but don't you worry. He'll be back and ready to tackle the Everest. In a couple of weeks' time, we're very, very keen for that. Make sure to tune into that episode as well. Uh, if you're listening on SoundCloud, Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on Apple, Google, or Amazon, make sure to subscribe. Give us a five-star rating, and above all else, gamble responsibly this weekend, guys. Massive week of betting, but make sure you're doing it within your limits.